Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being a part of Black Canvas. I have a very special guest with us, Mr. Austin James. He is a Hartford area multi-instrumentalist, and he has been writing and performing original music for over a decade. His songs blend heartfelt lyrics with blues, soul, rock, and folk to create a unique and energetic sound. Austin has shared the stage with national acts, including Hawthorne Heights, Need to Breathe, Switchfoot, and Neon Trees. And he has honed his sound performing and touring throughout the United States and Europe. In 2019, Austin became a spokesperson for Abbott Pharmaceuticals and was featured in a nationally aired commercial for their Freestyle Libre Continuous Glucose Management Center. In 2022, Austin, James, and the Nomads performed at Abbott's booth at the CES trade show in Las Vegas with their performance viewed by both the in-person attendees as well as the virtual attendees across the globe. His work with Abbott has given him the opportunity to promote health and awareness of diabetes to people across the country. During the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, Austin James began work on his most recent record, Colors and Changes, a sonically complex and introspective collection of songs which combines the energy of his live performances with atmospheric syncs and electronic production. He will continue to tour throughout the country supporting the record, including regular trips and residencies at music clubs in Nashville, Tennessee. Austin's music is available on all major streaming platforms, including Apple Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And we're so glad to have Mr. Austin James here on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited. I'm such a huge fan of your voice, and I love what you stand for. And so when you said you wanted to do the show, I was like, man, this is going to be fun. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Awesome. So I first want to kind of dive in to a question that I think um, for many people who may not know much about um, diabetes and, and just health in general as it relates to it. I know around, I think it was age 17 that you were diagnosed with diabetes. And can you tell us about how did you manage your life yes. during that year of high school, just kind of knowing about what was going on with your health? Uh, I mean, it was definitely really difficult. Um, to, to navigate. Um, I was, um, kind of on a trajectory to join the military. Um, my father's Marine and, um, my grandfather served and a couple uncles served as well. One of them is still serving, um, in the national guard. So it was kind of a family tradition. Um, and then I got diabetes and completely changed, you know, the, the, the future of, of my life and, and my path and where I was where I was going. Um, so that last year of high school was challenging to say the least, cause you're still getting used to this incredible overnight change. Um, so I had a good support system and, uh, you know, made it through and thriving now. So that's good. Well, I'm just so glad that you made it through. I mean, I know that had to be a huge shift for you. I know 17 years old was definitely a hard time for me. Um, that was during the same time when my grandfather passed. And then I was struggling mm. with where should I go for school? Because I had been accepted to some of the bigger schools that I wanted to go to. And my grandmother was just diagnosed with early stages of dementia. 
And so I was like, oh my goodness, like, what do I do now? And so I'm so glad that I chose to stay locally in New Orleans and I didn't go to Duke where I, which is my dream school. I always wanted to go. And I got just got accepted. I was like, oh, I'm going to go. And then something just told me to stay. And I'm just so grateful I did. Because those years, you can never get back. And so there was a life-changing experience from 17 to 20. A lot of things I learned in that short period of time. But I'm just so glad that you're here. That, you know, because some people, once they're diagnosed and they're dealing with the stressors of it, it can just be overwhelming. So do you mind be. kind of sharing with us Absolutely. about your journey with working with Freestyle Libre and managing your A1C? I've seen your commercials so many times. And I'm like, I just love seeing Austin on a commercial because I know it's going to help so many people, especially men who may not be aware of just like taking care of their health and knowing signs to look for. Can you tell us about your journey working um, in with the Freestyle Libre? Yeah, um, I mean, first and foremost, Freestyle Libre has become, you know, family to me. Um, they, um, they found me on Instagram, you know, I just went and posted about uh, changing my site for my um, Freestyle Libre um, system. And um, they reached out to me and, you know, said, hey, we'd love to talk. And I'm thinking, this is this is fake. This isn't real. So messaged me a couple more times. And I was finally like, okay, what's, what's going on? And they said they worked for it. And I was like, me? Me? I'm just a lowly diabetic here, just trying to get through life. And um, long story short, ended up speaking on a panel with three other um, uh, diabetics in the community and spoke in Charlotte at their sales conference. And it was wonderful. And the next month we're filming a national TV ad. And we've, you know, I've been able to work along with my band, um, been able to work with Freestyle Libre and World Diabetes Day last year and um, a couple of projects that have yet to come out this year um, very soon though but they're just family and it's really just um, changed my life. Well I'm just so excited for you that you that they first of all found you and how much it's really helped you over the years. Now tell me if I'm right I hope I'm correct is the World um, Diabetes Day is in November 14th? I do believe so. I I probably should know this. It should be like a like a national holiday for me. <laughs> I I can let you know in two seconds. Give me one second. I'm searching. I'm searching. No problem. I just want to it make sure. It is November fourteenth. All right, I got it. All right. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Good research. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, my grandmother was a diabetic too, so I just remember just the just knowing about like her eating habits and things that had to change. And a lot of people just forget about that. They just think, oh, well, you know, I'll be okay as long as I'm, you know, um, taking my medication and just eating, you know, right or doing certain things. And so mm-hmm. I'm just so excited to just, first of all, that you've been working with them for so long and that they really are helping to promote wellness. And I think that's so important in the community. All right. So I have some fun questions. So these yes. are actually going to be some titles that you might actually know. <laughs> All right, so the first one is on life and love. Okay. So can you tell our listeners your definition of love and life? Uh, I mean, those two are so intertwined because if there's going to be any 
joy in our life you know it's mostly that's going to come from that's going to come from love and um love is in so many different forms i mean i wrote that um quite a while ago when i was down in nashville uh, for the first time back in 2014 i want to say and um my daughter was had just turned 3 um and i was just reflecting and you know, the love that I have as a parent is, God, it's so, it's just so singular. Um, so that was a, that song came together pretty quickly and it's featured in the commercial. So, you know, it's taken on a new life, which is, which is really wonderful. But um, yeah, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid of love and you know, we we spend so much time searching for it, but uh, it's really all around us. And real love will will find us. We don't have to go searching for it. That's right. And you know, one thing, uh, my next part of that question was going to be about someone who showed unconditional love to you. But I think that's an easy answer. Obviously, your daughter would yeah. definitely be one of those people for sure. Absolutely. So I love that you shared that. Now, one thing I want to ask next is going to be, um, another subject we have, which is adoration. So who is one musician that you have adorned growing up? And if you have the opportunity to record with them one day, what song of theirs would you want to sing a duet with? Wow, that's a question right there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am... Wow. I'm a big Coldplay fan. So um, Chris Martin, for sure. Um, and to be able to sing Fix You with him would be amazing. Oh, wow. That is my favorite song by Coldplay. I love that song. Yeah. That song got me through a lot. It got me through the death of my sister and, um, and my cousin. And it was a lot. It, that song has got me through a lot of dark times. So... It would. I, I. I feel like I would owe that to to pick that song and that artist because it's done so much for my life. Well, Chris, if Chris Martin ever hears this, like that would be amazing. I would love to see y'all on stage together. <laughs> right? I'm good with that. Let's promote that. Oh, uh, who are you telling? I mean, that that would be. I want to be front row for, so I can see that. <laughs> so for me, I would definitely if I chose an artist. Oh, it's kind of hard because there's so many people I love and admire. But I'm going to probably pick one that no one would think. It's one of my favorite R&B artists when I was younger. It's Peebo Bryson. Oh, my God. Ah, if I could yes. see him in concert, he is someone who I've always admired. And it, I would probably choose Feel the Fire because that is my favorite Peebo Bryson song. <laughs> and a lot of – yeah, it's a great one. But a lot of people know him from, like, a, a whole new song. world, you know, when we think of, like, Disney – and some people are like, I can't believe that was people burst. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that guy's voice and his range is just just amazing. And if it was anyone else, it would be Luther Vandross. Never too much. For sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, his voice. So good. Or a house is not a home. I mean, any Luther song, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's there's um the, the resurgence of R&B is definitely coming back, which is great. So um, I'm excited about that. I am too. But you know, a fun fact about Luther Vandross, a lot of people didn't know that a lot of songs that he sung 
were by other artists like Dion Warwick. Yes. I mean, I was like, yes, I knew Dion was amazing, but you just never knew just the talent of some artists. And I, I love um, remixes of songs. And especially now when you see songs from the 50s and the 60s and 70s are getting a resurgence. And then you're seeing it even done in different genres of music. And that's what I love about the Grammys is that you get to see so many different types of performers share music and then stand on stage and just have a good time. And so that's something that's why I said. We're going to see the Cole play Austin James one day. We're going to see it. <laughs> uh, yes, let's manifest that. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right. So next question I have for you is losing touch. So can you tell me one difference you have witnessed in today's music and the accessibility of the music versus the music releases um, nearly about 15 to 20 years ago? So I'll kind of give you an example of that. Like, I remember when I was younger, um, when I used to like yeah. stand in line to buy records and then you would wait, like anticipate it for weeks on end, like they did a lot of promotion and I know like now a lot of times you can just click on and just download a song. And for a lot of, you know, new artists, it's hard to break into the scene because people are only listening to sometimes 15 to 30 seconds of a song and then just flipping to the next one. Where when I was younger, we would listen to the entire album and you just enjoy that experience. So can you kind of tell me what did something you kind of witnessed with music today versus years ago? I mean, you're, you're definitely like spot on. So the, it's amazing to have access to so many different artists and so many different songs and this, that, and the other, but along with that has come like the death of the album experience. Um, artists are primarily releasing singles and albums are a big deal for the artist to record, but it's not something that people are like, oh my gosh, like I need to stand in line for this. They don't have to. You have Spotify, you have iTunes, you have Amazon Music, and it's just it's just right there at your fingertips. So there's pros and cons, of course, but it's um you know, artists aren't releasing albums every year, every even every other year. Um, you're getting artists, I mean, when was the last time Rihanna recorded an album? She's just not doing it. Uh, Beyonce goes years without recording an album and it's um it's kind of sad it's kind of sad but also it's just the way of music now I agree I think the internet has played a huge role but we're not even going to talk about Rihanna and the Navy is not happy uh, <laughs> that she is taking forever to get this music out there but I mean you're right I, I think like music has shifted and I think just artists you know what do you look for in an artist there are people now who are having clothing brands like Beyonce with Ivy Park you know or when we think of even Jay-Z years ago we yes. think of just his rock nation and what he's been able to do and we think of like so like even with P. Diddy um Puff or whatever he's called now I mean he's going through so many name changes but I loved like growing up and just kind of seeing how he evolved from, you know, from the fashion side to even like in having colognes and just, you know, just being able to be a, a mogul. And I feel like that's one thing that I have noticed, um, especially with artists today, they're doing even makeup now and clothing and so many different areas to still be able to reach their audience. But I feel like sometimes we, we forget the mystery of just the music itself. Like, 
that's something I am drawn to. Like, I don't mm. like the whole ghostwriting thing because I feel like there's so many amazing artists out there. Um, I use an example like Esther Dean, who, of course, we know is an amazing artist and she's finally getting a lot more attention when she was on the show NBC Songland. Um, she was in, I think, what is that? Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Um, and then also um, she's been able to be on the mega hit, mm, yep. you know, um, Super Bass with Nicki Minaj. And a lot of people don't know that's her in the background, but it's just like, how many people don't get that opportunity to finally be seen on a major platform and they're just writing for others and yeah. you know, for whatever purpose they're not given that opportunity. So I'm hoping we can get back into that way of just the artist themselves. It's not about the look or the aesthetic. It's really about what do you feel? What is being emoted on stage and, and how do you feel after listening? If I'm not crying or I'm not upset or frustrated hearing something, I feel like I'm not really as involved in the music process like I used to be. Yeah, yeah it's really about what are you saying and how are you saying it? That's Absolutely. what it should be about. Message. And that's why I love your music, because I feel like you have a great message. And I Thank always you. feel something from artists like you, because it's like, oh, he's really trying to make a point here, not just for, for us, but I think it's more of an introspective part for you, because you're learning more about yourself, even from a live performance standpoint versus just even the record. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, I always tell, tell people that ask me about being in the music industry, I'm in the business of feelings. Um, and there's not all of my writing, but you know, a good, a good portion of it is autobiographical. Of course, it's my experiences shape, shape my, my perspectives on things. And obviously it's going to affect my music. So. Absolutely. So I have another one for you. I will, um, start by saying, this is going to talk a little bit about mental health. Um, so just for people who are going to yes. listen to this, just be aware, you guys. So the question is, all fall down. So I have, how has your mental health been affected since the start of the pandemic? And how have you been able to remain centered and grounded and still make time to spend with your family who supports you? Uh, I mean, the pandemic was, pandemic was difficult um, because it took me, it took me out of my element um, and shifted the balance in my life. So obviously got to spend more time with family, but it also, I wasn't able to balance that by being out and sharing my message and my music. Um, and you, you get a little bit of cabin fever. Um, so, you know, I, I was, I was figure, trying to figure out what can I do to like still be creative and capture this just this positive feeling around around music, which was all but all but dead at that point. Nobody was playing anywhere, um, so I um, built a studio and I started recording, and we finished recording our album um, during the pandemic, and a lot. You know, with my with my producer Annie, we were doing a lot of um, remote mixing and mastering for the album, which was incredible. It's like technology where it's taken us. So that affected me in a really positive way, and I was able to cope 
um, with the harsh realities of COVID. And, you know, that's the mental health side. There was the physical side. I, you know, I, I ended up getting COVID and thankfully I was okay. and wasn't too severe, but, um, you know, affected my fatigue. And you know, when you're fatigued physically, <laughs> your mental health follows suit very quickly. Um, so it was, it was a challenging time. It was a challenging time, but, you know, again, having, having a solid support system and, um, is, is, is always really helpful and having outlets to therapy. Um, I was able to do online, I mean, a virtual therapy, um, to help. Well, I'm thankful that you shared that Austin. Really. I, I know in my career, I think that's been one of the hardest things because as a clinician, you know, it's a major struggle for us as well, because we have to know when to share certain things about ourselves. When we talk about like self-disclosure, you have to be careful with that. And that plays a huge role. Um, and mm. then you just, you're going through your own life challenges. And so when you're experiencing, you know, your own negativity or your own, you know, self-doubt, you have to find that resiliency within yourself to keep persevering, but also still being authentic and real and I feel like a lot of times people think with certain professions oh do y'all have it all together I'm like no we, we're still human we're still perfectly imperfect and there's going to be days I don't want to deal with something it has nothing to do with the client yes. it has nothing to do with family it's just sometimes that's just where I am in that moment and so I love that during the pandemic we started to see more people talk about mental health especially people of color being able to reach out and and talk about suicide and depression and anxiety and and mental illness just in general was being put on a platform where we could actually feel connected um, to others, but also to not feel as judged um, about our experiences. And so I'm just, I'm excited that first of all, that first of all, you lived through COVID because yes. I mean, there were so many people and rest in peace to the, the people who have passed and, and hopefully those family members will start to, to heal um, the best way they know how. But the one thing we're going to start to see, especially in the next 15, 20 years, you're going to start to see a lot of people who are going to be those um, survivors who are going to deal with survivor's guilt due to that experience. And, or, or if there were any kids who didn't know a lot about their parents yeah. and they're going to feel, you know, like, where do I go from here with something I had no control of? Yes, All right, so I got a fun question for you on this one. So the next one is She Loves You. So can you tell us about what went into the making of this song? So this was a fun one. This one was a co-write um, with my friend Danny Lafave. Um, I grew up with him um, up in the Northeast, and he transplanted down to Nashville a couple of years ago. Um, so I've been making regular regular trips down to Nashville, and... Um, you know, we we finally like co-wrote, co actually co-wrote a few songs, but um, he and Asher Condit over at Kingship Recording in Nashville, um, we were able to record that song and uh, did, uh, Asher did a lot, most of the production and then I did some um, recording and production on my side at my studio. So it was a wonderful collaborative effort. Um, favorite song to date. Um, and, and we're really, we're really excited about it. So. Well, I'm excited about that for you. And then, can you tell us about what goes into your rituals relates to 
just writing, recording, performing? Do you have a ritual when it comes to recording songs? Um, no, I mean, I think, I think since I've done it for so long, I've gotten into this like groove, um, of, of recording and, and just like being incredibly well prepared. And I don't like wasting a lot of time in the studio because it's, you know, studio time can be expensive. It helps when you have your own studio, then you don't need to really worry about the overhead, but, um, yeah, I guess I guess the only really real ritual is just being well prepared, having notes and um coming coming ready to go. Um so yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Well, I love that. I mean, but that will probably take away from your creativity if you had too many things just kind of set in stone. I think for a, a lot of artists, they'll be like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is what I'm needing. And I feel like the creative juices might not be there. So I love that you say, hey, it may rotate. Like maybe this is something I use when I'm recording with this person or this is something I've learned about the recording process in the beginning of my career versus now. So that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, you know, I've been in a studio with a lot of people. I've been in the studio with a few people. I mean, it depends. It depends. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. You never want to have too many chefs in the kitchen at once. <laughs> I love to sit there with counseling too, but sometimes when you're having like a meeting and there's a lot of counselors in a room, you talk about a conversation. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, you wouldn't definitely <laughs> want to be a fly on that wall sometimes. I'm like, oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a question that I ask every guest, and I think this might be one that you might give us a really amazing answer. So if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, I want you to choose a specific age what would you say to young Austin? So <laughs> we we just released new merchandise and um, I did the designs for them and just got them printed, just got them in, we're packaging them up. And one of the shirts says, it gets better. And I 100% believe that, that it gets better. Um, there are seasons in our life that are wonderful. There are seasons in our life that are not. Um, that at the end of the day, we we press forward as much as we can and we do what we can to ensure that it does get better. Um, so telling my younger self that to be patient, there's no timeline for anything, for any accomplishments. Just, just work hard. It gets better. Awesome. I, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I, I think there's a lot of people who listen to this who may not believe that in themselves at this moment. And I feel like you are going to be a living testimony to that person that you can go through a lot of challenges and you can still find the positive side to even adversity. And I feel it's not about it being something that you fully understand and can embrace in the moment. But if you are able to get to that mm-hmm. place where you can find a solace within yourself, and you can actually move into finding hopefully a part of serenity and peace, I think then you get to redirect that pattern of your life. And you get to actually relish of the successes that you've had. And it doesn't have to mean it has to be a Grammy for some people, an American Music Award. That's not success. Success for some people is just getting up and doing something you love and having people who love you and support you no matter where you are on that scale. And then being able to look back and say, you know what, I did something that I was fearful of, but I did it fiercely. 
and ferociously and I found myself on the other side of, of that success pattern. So I'm just very excited for what's going to be next for you because I know if it's anything like what you've already presented to us, it's going to be amazing. No, oh, I appreciate that. And uh, we're, uh, we're trying to figure out how to come down to New Orleans next year, by the way. So well, I'm, I'm going to have to come out there again very soon. I, that's some place I don't visit as much after, you know, losing everything at that time. It's just been really hard for me to kind of go back um, as often. You know, I've only been back a mm. few times and I never went back to the street where my house was completely flooded out um, because I'm like, that might just be too rough for me in this moment. Um, but I know at one point I might have the courage enough to get there. And I can tell my clients, like, it's about baby steps. It's not about just going into full exposure therapy because that, that can be very traumatic for people if they're not in the place to receive it. But I know one day I will definitely get to yeah. that place where I will be able to go in that street and I won't feel the same feeling I had, you know, leaving that day. So, I mean, it's been, I was thinking about, it, I think it's been now seven, 17 years and I'm like, whoa, you know, at that time I was in my wow. early 20s. So I was like, life was a lot different than it is now. But, you know, life can really shift and you just don't even know until you're kind of faced with something outside of your control and you just have to make the most of it. So Austin, I only have two more questions for you. I'm going to combine these last two. Absolutely. So the first one is, can you tell us how our listeners can find you online and the second part of that is can you tell us what's next for you so this is where we can talk about your merchandise your new songs tour and all that stuff <laughs> all right um so you can find everything links to facebook instagram and whatever else on austin james and the nomads.com um that's where everything is um and as far as what's next, uh, we are playing a massive fair next Thursday. Uh, we got a busy weekend. We got three in a row this weekend. And then we have that on Thursday. And then we are gearing up to go on tour. And um, some wonderful friends of ours at Four Dads Pub in, in Hartford in Granby, Connecticut, are sponsoring the tour. We're going to be going uh, starting in Hartford at Four Dads. And then we will be in Boston, the Village Social Club, on that Saturday. And on the 9th, we'll be at Rockwood Music Hall in New York City. We'll be making stops in D.C., Charlotte, finishing up a tour down in Nashville at the Bowery Vault. Awesome. I just can't wait. And I did see some of your stuff you had posted on Instagram. I'm like, this is some cool merchandise. I, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. I... I I'm big into graphic design, so I do I do all my designs with logos and and the album art. Um, it's uh, I, I like doing that. It's another creative outlet. My dad's a, my dad's an illustrator, um, so I got the got the bug from him. Well, you know, I'm gonna have to use you at one point to help me do some stuff because I I have some ideas and things I want to do in the future because um, I've written a few books and so I have illustrators that I've used for the covers for those books. But I'm thinking that I might actually want to create like one of the books into doing something for, with different characters. I'm, I might need someone to do like almost like a storyboard kind of thing. And so I'm just not sure yet where I'm going to go with Love that. It. But I'm really optimistic that 
I'm going to be able to make it work very soon. So, yeah, I might be like, you know, Austin, I need you. Can you I'm going to hire you for this. I need you so bad for this. <laughs> I'm there. Let's go. Let's work. Let's, this is fun. Absolutely. Well, Austin, first of all, thank you for your time. I know you have had a busy week, things going on. And for you to make time, first of all, for my show and to be here and to be so authentic and honest and sharing your heart with us, this is really just such a pleasure. I would love to have you back in the future on my second podcast, which is called Space Between, where we have artists to perform live. So if you want to ever come back in the future, we would love to hear you in these amazing songs that you've released. And then hopefully at that time, you'll have some new music as well. Oh, we will. Well, I'm excited. Well, thank you so much, Austin, for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon, Austin, and I hope to talk to you soon and have a great night. Okay, bye. Thank you. Be well. Thank you.